0: You know, I had intended the last couple of weeks to kind of restart our look at Sermon on the Mount. But again, this week, as I was just praying and preparing, I just felt God speak a word to me that he wanted me to share this morning. And so I'm not going with what I had planned. I'm just going with what I felt God was saying. And I've been reading through. I do, I have a Bible reading plan that I go through each year. And I want to encourage you, if there's one habit you develop, develop a habit of reading the Bible daily. And so I have a Bible reading plan. It takes me through the New Testament and the Psalms twice and the Old Testament once. And it takes me maybe 10 minutes a day to do. It's not an onerous task. Um, But I've been going through Ezekiel. Anybody read Ezekiel? Well, Ezekiel is hard going. Yeah. I mean, Ezekiel, I mean, he... You know, I, I look at these guys in the Old Testament And they had a tough ask, some of these. And Ezekiel was one of those. And he was called to prophesy against this group of people and that group of people and that nation and this nation and that. And he was constantly speaking against. But when you get towards the end of the kind of uh, 30s chapters, so kind of 36 onwards, there is a section in that we know quite well, especially Ezekiel 37 it's called the valley of the dry bones you've probably heard about that but I want to read it this morning it's Ezekiel 37 verse 1 to 14 I'm reading from the anglicized NIV today the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley it was full of bones He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. The bones were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I, pro- and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together. I mean, that must have been really creepy, you know. A rattling sound, and the bones come together bone to bone. I looked, and the tendons and flesh appeared on them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he had commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. As I was reading through this, I kind of started with verse 11. Because verse 11 says this. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. This word came from God the nation of Israel Israel at this point was an exile their temple had been destroyed Israel's sovereignty was gone uh, they were foreigners in another land now you know this was their own doing they had ignored God's commands they had ignored the warnings that the prophets had given and it had landed them here where they were today They were no longer the masters of their own destiny. They were subject to slavery. They were no longer the head but the tail. And I mean, that's a lesson in itself. But we can quite understandably see that they were downtrodden. They saw no hope and they saw no future. And their statement says it all. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. On the surface... It's a hopeless scenario. A valley covered in bones, not just bones, but dry bones. These bones have been there a long time. They've been bleached in the sun. The bones are disconnected. They're scattered. There is no life in them. It is an impossible situation. I wonder this morning whether you can identify with a scenario. Maybe there is something in your own life that is hopeless And that brings despair. The message Bible translation says about uh, what God is saying to them like this. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. There is nothing left of us. You know, one of the things that I hear quite a lot um, within community, within the news and everywhere, is that hope is gone. I mean, let's be honest. If you listen to the news every day, your hope is going to take a massive hit. Now, notice that before Ezekiel does anything about this hopeless situation, God asks him a question. He says in verse 3, Son of man, can these bones live? Now, we know the end of the story. We know that there was the rattling of the bones. I mean, it must have been, you know, you you see on some of these channels, you know, with the children, where they show you the skeletal kind of frame of a human being, and then they show it you with the tendons and stuff on. I mean, can you imagine seeing that coming together in real life? Now we know the end of the story, but I want you for a a moment to imagine that you're Ezekiel, and he doesn't yet know what's gonna happen. He doesn't know that yet. And you are seeing this massive valley of dry bones, all disconnected, And God says to you, hey, can these bones live? I wonder how you would respond. If I bring it forward into our context today, maybe there's a situation in your life that when you look at it, you say, this is a valley of dry bones. There's no hope. There's no life. It's absolutely impossible. It is beyond dead. And God says to you this morning, can these bones live? I don't know how I would respond. I love Ezekiel's answer. He says, Master God, only you know. He's kind of throwing back to God the question. You know, God doesn't do anything that doesn't have some form of purpose. And so there is a reason in God asking the the question. What's the reason? Well, the reason is about faith. God is testing Ezekiel. He's saying, hey, Ezekiel, can I bring to life a valley of dead, dry, disconnected bones? And he says, well, only you know, Lord, and he has to dig deep in his relationship with God. Let's face it, Ezekiel had walked with God for many years and also hard years. They were not easy years. He prophesied to his people. They didn't like him. He was then, his prophecies came true. He was then taken with the Israelites to Babylon. And God says to him, can these bones live? And he throws it back to God. How does God respond? Well, God has a plan. know here's the really great news you might be facing a valley of dead bones you might be in a situation that you think is impossible let me tell you God has already got a plan for that situation God does know what is going to happen but Ezekiel does not and so God speaks to him and he says hey Ezekiel prophesy to these bones Tell these dry bones to listen to the word of the Lord. That must have sounded crazy. You see, God could have spoken to the bones, but he doesn't do that. He says, Ezekiel, I want you to speak to those bones. And he thinks, I'm nuts here. I'm talking to, but I mean, it's not even that these people are just dead. It's like they're dead and their skin is gone and their flesh is gone and their bones aren't even in nice parts. I don't know whose leg bone that is and whose skull that. I don't know what all of that is. And God says, tell these dry bones to listen to the word of the Lord. Tell them that I, the sovereign Lord, am saying to them, I'm going to put breath into you and bring you back to life. I will give you sinews and muscles and cover you with skin, and I will put my breath into you and bring you back to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. That takes faith. It takes faith to speak to that situation. In Luke 18, verse eight, we're reminded, but will the son of man find faith on earth when he comes? You know, the world doesn't like that. The world wants to see the miracle before it believes. The world says, well, when I see these bones come together, when I see them all with the breath of life, then I will believe. And God says, that's not how I work. I'm looking for faith. I'm looking for people who respond to what I say. We need faith. We need faith in what God has said. Now, what's really important here to note is that Ezekiel is not speaking off his own back. He's not strolling uh, in the countryside and he sees a valley of dead bones and he says, let me just see if this will work. He's responding to what God has said to him about a situation that he sees in front of him. I want to suggest to you this morning that speaking to God is the first step in whatever issues that you're facing. Whatever insurmountable, impossible, beyond dead circumstances, step one is speaking to God. God, what do we do here? Now, God may well say, hey, do you think that this is redeemable? Do you think that I can put life into this? Do you think I can restore this? God may speak, but step two is even harder because step two is for us to speak to the situation. We speak to God, God speaks to us, and then we speak into the context of the situation. Now, if you look at any miracle in the New Testament, that's how it works. They saw the man at the gate beautiful. And they said, get up. And it said, as they pulled him up, his ankles grew strong. His ankles did not grow strong when they spoke. They grew strong when they acted in faith and they pulled him up. The woman with the issue of blood, she knew if I touch Jesus, I will be healed. But she wasn't healed until she touched. And just there is where the rub comes. Because in my flesh, I want God to do it before I have to take a risk. You know, when people come and say, I need healing, will you pray for me? Yeah. But it's a risk to say, hey, be healed. Takes faith. The good news is this morning isn't going to be very long because the others have been There are kind of four things I want to conclude out of this passage that I feel God is saying. The first is this, God sees the impossible. I I would really caution you strongly about seeing the stuff that the world is pushing out at the moment. This may really shock you. I don't have a TV license and I don't watch the news. I will scroll through a few times a week at the headlines on twitter but that's all i do why don't i do that because when i came back from india to the uk uh, i decided i wanted a newspaper and i went to my local paper shop and i paid the money and they delivered the newspaper every day and after a month i was depressed so i'm not paying to read stuff that will depress me and If you are not careful and you listen to the voice that is out there, you will be filled with despair and fear. I mean, we only have a fuel crisis because people are filled with fear. I mean, if people weren't filled with fear, they wouldn't go out and buy more fuel than they normally do, and we wouldn't have an issue. It's the same as if somebody says, hey, the banks are going to run out of money, and everybody all of a sudden goes to take their money out of the bank. There's not enough money because that's not how it works. God sees the impossible, he sees the death, he sees the nothingness, he sees the impossibility, but God also knows that he is above all of that. I mean, we're talking about the God who exercised his power and raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So when God sees a valley of dried bones, he says, man, that's an easy one. Number two, God has a plan. God knows how he wants this thing to play out. But here's here's the most amazing thing. God wants to include Ezekiel in this valley of dry bones. I mean, God already knew that the valley was there. God already knew what the problem was. God already knew how he could solve that. But he wanted to include the man of God who had faith. God has a plan. We know that Jesus is God's plan. We know that the Apostle Paul was God's plan. And I'm going to say this morning that you are God's plan. You are Ezekiel. You are the man or woman of God. And you are part of his plan. He wants to include you in what is going on. And here's a really good news. Is our situation in the UK worse than a valley of dead bones? No, because people are still alive. And if God can bring a valley of dead bones to life, He can sort out that difficult situation in your life. Number three, God will ask you what you think. Why? Because He wants to see if you've got faith. How will you respond to God? With despair or with faith? You know, it's easy to say this is hopeless. But it takes faith to say, you know what? God will. If you want to grow your faith, I would suggest you read the autobiography of a man called George Muller. George Muller of Bristol had orphanages that he raised up. He had no income. He would pray for every glass of milk, for every slice of bread, for everything. He would pray every single day. And he is still well known for the orphanages that he raised up. He trusted God. He said, Lord, today this is what we need. This is what we need. And God supplied. And one of the reasons I think looking at the media in our modern days is a problem is that if we look at it, our faith will drain out through our boots. The world does not see the impossible, the world does not know the God of the impossible. The world doesn't even recognise that one of the greatest things has already been done. God has dealt with sin through Jesus Christ and forgiveness is available to all. I mean, that is a phenomenal thing. Um, We saw last week that actually that is a mystery that had been hidden for kind of 4,000 years and then God revealed it. Amazing. Number four, God expects us to speak to the situation. You know, up to number three, we're all okay. We're okay with God sees the impossible. We're okay with God has a plan. We're okay with God asking us what we think. But when we get to God wants us to speak into the situation, <laughs> we can feel a bit like Moses. Can you send somebody else? Can you ask somebody else to do it? Why don't you ask Simon? He's the pastor. Why don't you ask Alan? He's on the leadership. Why don't you ask this? And God says, no. You're my plan. You're my plan. Yeah, I want to say to you this morning, you are not by accident in the circumstances that you're in. You are there because God has strategically placed you there. If you remember in the New Testament, the parable of the wheat and the tares, the devil sows bad things where good people are. And so you are placed there, and you are placed there because you have power to speak God's word and to see the impossible occurring. You know, this morning we've had um, words come... Uh, from people that essentially, you know, talking about how do we view ourselves and we're in hopeless situations. Sorry, I've got a bit of a cold. Don't worry, it's not COVID. But in it, there are times when we have to speak to ourselves. You know, one of the reasons I believe we have mirrors is not necessarily to comb our hair, because as we get older, there's less to comb but so we can look in the mirror and speak to ourselves. You know, there are times we've got to do it. There are times I have to do that for my children. I say, hey guys, it's not that bad. You can get through this. You can do that. There are times when we have to look in the mirror and say, hey Simon, you can do this. Not because you're great or amazing, but because God is great. And God is amazing, and he has given us authority and power. We can do this. The devil will also try and speak to you in the mirror. He can't do this. You're nothing. You're a nobody. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Whatever circumstance or situation that you are facing, God has a plan. And when you talk to God, when you listen to God, and when then you speak into the situation, you will see a miracle. You will see God work in a miracle. Now, I am saying here, we need to hear God. It's not presumption. It's about hearing God. God very clearly spoke to Ezekiel. He said, this is what I want you to say. And that's what he did. And he saw an amazing miracle occurring. So I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know what your valley of dry bones is. I don't know what you're facing, what circumstances. I don't want to belittle it. These are serious things, but I want to tell you this morning that God has a plan. And God's plan is that he wants to use you in that context to be the salt and the light and the miracle for those people that you are connected with. I think that is awesome. That as we go out into this week, we are the miracle workers. We are those who speak the word of God into other people's lives. And let me tell you, don't ever diminish that. I see more and more power at work as the world gets darker. We speak into these situations and we are amazed at what we see. It does require faith. It means we need to make sure we're connecting with Jesus every day, that we're praying, we're saying, Lord, this morning... God wants to take you, to bless you, and for you to be a blessing to other people. Let's pray. Father, this morning I I want to thank you that you are the God of the impossible. And Lord, I want to pray, you know, I just have this sense this morning that really God wants you to recognise that you are a son of God. And I choose that carefully. I'm not denigrating male, female, but in in kind of biblical times, the heir, the son was the one that everything was passed to. And, And male or female, doesn't matter, we are all the sons of God. And God wants you to know this morning that you go in his authority, that you go in his power. That he will give you the very words to speak into that situation and it will change. It will spring to life. Something beyond dead will spring to life. And so, Father, I pray for your people this morning. I want to pray that in our hearts that you would generate that faith. I pray that you'd give us that gift of faith. I want to remove despair from you this morning. I'm just pulling that out of you this morning. I'm just doing it prophetically. That there will be no despair in your heart this morning, but only faith as you look to God. And Father, we ask that you would help us. We, we take out those words of Psalm 34. We cry out to you. We call to you and say, Lord, would you help us? Because you are faithful. And so, Father, I pray for each person, for every family, for every extended family, for every workplace, for every neighbourhood this morning that we live in, that we would know the power of God and that we would speak the word of God and we would see the miracle occur before us as Ezekiel did. So, Lord, we bless you and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish there.